RNZ National, Friday afternoon means time for Critter of the Week, and I'm joined by Nicola Tookie, CEO of Forest and Birds. Hi, Nicola. Afternoon. How are you? Great, thank you. What have you guys been beavering away on this week? Oh, lots of things, as always, um, but uh, a really positive thing, actually. So uh, one of the many activities that we are doing in honour of our Forest and Birds Centennial, did I mention we're 100? Feel like I did. Yeah, about a hundred times a actually, I... <laughs> which is appropriate. <laughs> Uh, so one of the um, kind of event, oh, event, not really an event, but um, one of the activities that we've got is we're running a kind of a nice little acknowledgement program, if you like, called Conservation Heroes. Uh, and we are asking people to nominate their favourite conservation hero. Mm. So someone that they feel best demonstrates a commitment to protecting um, our beautiful wildlife and wild places. Uh, and we kind of... Um, and we want it to be about everything, so not just, you, you know, absolutely we want to hear about pest control and planting native trees, but not just that. We want to hear about, I don't know, maybe you're the the volunteer that cooks the scones um, for the people doing the work, or maybe um, you're someone who goes and talks to your local rest home about nature stuff. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, there's an opportunity, um, we've got an online form for people to be able to nominate their kind of their hero in terms of pe- people they know that are doing amazing stuff and they will get an acknowledgement um, from Forest and Bird uh, basically just to say, you know, we, we thank you for your efforts uh, and we're going to try and compile all of these um, throughout the year into a, a wonderful story of all the things that New Zealanders do. And so you can um, submit a Conservation Heroes nomination in either English or Te Reo, um, whatever suits you best, uh, and the nominations close end of February next year. So, um, yeah, we, we everyone will get a certificate. I love that, by the way. If you want to get me over the line with anything, just promise me I'll get a certificate for it and I'll do. <laughs> I might yeah, nominate I should, myself. No, I, I should think. shout out to uh, Joseph Moore, the comedian. I went and saw his comedy show a couple of years back and he was talking about when you were like nine years old, particularly as a boy, but I think for girls as well, he said the only two things you care about are certificates and sticks. <laughs> like being given so a certificate true. and finding a really good stick. So true. <laughs> yeah, so you so obviously just haven't grown are... up. <laughs> Yeah, if you are someone like me who loves a certificate, uh, then maybe give your mates a nudge and get them to nominate you about um, the the stuff that you do. I think it's kind of nice. You know, lots of there's there's quite often lots of complaints corner in conservation land. I feel like I'm often in complaints corner mm-hmm. on the news. You know, kind of trying to get improvements in in the nature that we love. But this is just an opportunity to shine a uh, shine a light on someone you know who does beautiful things for nature. Love it, love it. And, um, hey, let's go south, probably as far south as we've ever been on Critter of the Week to investigate the, uh, investigate this week's species. Yeah, let's do that. So this week we are going all the way down to Antarctica because, I don't know if you felt it, but yesterday was the shortest day of the year. Yeah. I, I mean, Auckland maybe doesn't feel it quite so much, but certainly down in the South Island, that other big island below Cook Strait. Not sure if you're aware of it. Oh, um, yeah. I've heard so rumours. 
<laughs> rumors of what is it terra nullius or something um, so <laughs> we are feeling the cold down there um uh, and so uh lots of frosts and that kind of thing so the the thing i love about the shortest day of the year is every day after that it just gets a little bit longer and a little bit closer to summer oh, you um, are an optimist aren't you always have to be yeah. have to be in this job <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, there's always hope. Anyway, uh, so given the cold temperatures, uh, we wanted to celebrate the cold and talk about the Antarctic midge, also known as Belgica Antarctica. Um, yeah, and, and we do usually, well, we always cover the uh, native species of Aotearoa in this uh, slot, but this is kind of arguably counts. It does count because New Zealand has a significant stake in all things Antarctica. We've had a long um, established and very strong connection to Antarctica through the Ross Dependency and, and obviously Scott Base, right? Um, I myself spent a summer in Antarctica, but not in the not in the New Zealand slice. So because there's a lot of uh, we have an Antarctic treaty with a number of countries who um, have all kind of a little bit got flags in the Antarctic. Uh, I want to say sand, but it's mostly ice um, <laughs> down there. I once spent an amazing summer in a one-room hut with the Chilean Antarctic t- uh, team, not the whole team. There was only four, <laughs> four of us in the hut, yeah. um, quite a small hut, studying penguins in Antarctica. Oh. And, yeah, it was amazing, on a little island. So it was just the four of us on this tiny little island for so, six weeks. Wow. Which was pretty amazing experience. The window actually had blown out in a storm the day before we arrived, and... Uh, I kept asking my Chilean um, kind of hut mates, you know, when did we think we might fix the window? Because the window was <laughs> right at the end where where our bunks were. Yeah. And they just kept saying, ah, oh, manana, tomorrow. <laughs> so we never quite got to tomorrow. Very relaxed about all of that. I also can tell you that um, you referred earlier to me being somewhat childlike with my, th- you know, quest for mm. certificates. Also, I never had bunks as a kid, and so there were four bunks um, at the end of this one-room container hut. So I bagged a top bunk, obviously, very high bunks, um, and I, it turns out I snore. So I would wake up in the morning with, like, rolled-up socks and the odd boot <laughs> next to me where my heartmates had been throwing them <laughs> to shut me up. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, a, think- a memorable uh, trip for you, but I bet those others remember it as well, stuck in a small uh, hut with Nicola Tookie. Yeah, that's right. I mean, for the most part, I was um, sitting out in the in Antarctica, uh, out in my penguin colony, covered from head to toe um, in penguin poo and having the time of my life. I can also tell you that um, penguin poo is like concrete and uh, my gear some 20 or more years later still smells like penguins. So a very enduring uh, sort of aroma. And, and in, fact, in fact, I'll take it slightly further and say when we got back to Punta Arenas, which is uh, right in the southern part of Chile, I was sharing a hotel room with a, with, um, a very nice woman who'd been uh, so there weren't very many women on any of the bases down there because there's a number of bases very close to each other. And most, and for the most part, the women did not go outside. So I was a bit of an anomaly. Mm-hmm. And um, w- she was, I walked into the room and she was like spraying a can of impulse around because she couldn't handle the, <laughs> the very strong penguiny smell <laughs> of her roommate. There you go, things to know about me. Anyway, back to the midge. Yeah. So, um, Did you spot any of these, these midges down there? I was thinking about that. Yeah, I think I did. I'm pretty sure I did. I They're mean, pretty small. I was 22. Yeah, they are very small. They're only three to six millimetres long, right? So, you know, that's what's that? It's a grain of rice, uh, sort of maybe Japanese rice. 
so but the despite their small size they are extremophiles which i quite like so they can cope with temperatures of negative 15 degrees celsius and they can live for a month without oxygen which i find incredible wow. yeah we're sneaking this in i mean i'm i'm living in canterbury and obviously christchurch is one of the five antarctic gateways around the world so it's, it's new zealand of course there are no there are no native insects in Antarctica except for the Antarctic midge, which I find incredible. Uh, also, the adults of the midge, the midge part of the midge, are little black wingless flies. So a little bit like our New Zealand, um, you know, invertebrate fauna. In fact, the very first critter of the week was the bat fly, which is a fly that does not, in fact, fly and should have been called a walk. Uh, the midges <laughs> are also walks uh, because they're flies that can't fly. Um, and we think that's probably because, you know, not a great survival tactic if you're kind of lifting off and flying around given the wind um, and the freezing conditions that you're dealing with down there. And then the larva look like tiny wee dark worms and they're dark because um, in that harsh kind of UV light, in Antarctica, that's that helps protect them yeah. and helps keep them warm. Amazing, um, amazing. And we, all, we have a photo on the also, website, by the way, in case people wanted to take a look at it as we're talking, rnz.co.nz slash jesse. But that's two of them in that photo, isn't it? Yes, it is. Because uh, I can see 12 legs, which is usually a sign there's two insects or something. <laughs> well, very as, unusual. as insects go, I mean, they're required to have six, so yeah. yes, there are two of them there. Um and they, you know, again, they are really fascinating because the larvae basically pre prevent their body from accumulating ice crystals, is what you expect um, would happen to living things down there, which would then obviously could rupture and then destroy their internal organs. And they do this by building up sugar and using it as antifreeze, which is quite incredible mm. for something that is the size of a grain of rice. If, you're, it? A scientist, if you're a scientist working in the area of cryogenics, you might be quite interested in how these guys do it, right? Because it's oh, the main 100%. problem with cryogenics is freezing people as the ice crystals and yeah, um, it's interesting because the uh, the other one uh, that I know of that does something similar is our mountain stone wetter, huh. which go into a sort of um, diapause because they are able to do this rapid cold hardening and are able to be a active in temperatures that would kill other critters, but equally. Uh, it means that um, they're essentially using antifreeze so that you're right, it's almost like cryogenics. The other thing that they can do is incredible. So they can um, basically desiccate themselves like a raisin. <laughs> so what this means is they can lose up to 70% of their body fluids and still be okay. Whereas if you or I lost 20% of our body fluids, we'd be dead. Mm. So, you know, uh, beer grills eat your heart out, I would say. Uh, and can they so, rehydrate again, like when I pour um, sherry over raisins and then serve it on vanilla <laughs> ice cream as my special dinner party dish? Wow, yes, they can. I mean, probably with water and not sherry, but yes, <laughs> uh, they just they do what a soaked raisin would do and they just rehydrate mm. and then go about their busy lives. So researchers are studying how on earth they are able to survive this extreme cold and for the purpose of... Um, how to preserve human organs for transplant, which I think is quite amazing. Oh, yeah, that's a much um, more positive one than cryogenics. Cryogenics yeah. is like, for me, my, my reaction to cryogenics is like, let it go, everyone. Your time's yeah, yeah. up. You you're know not, what I mean? Yeah, that's right. You're not that big of a deal. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But organ transplants, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of amazing. And the they're, they're not, so they are pretty extreme. They're not the most extreme insect in the world, though, because the world's most cold-tolerant creature is the larva of the red flat 
bark beetle in Alaska, and that can survive down to negative 80 degrees Yeah, I think Celsius, most of us knew that, cool. but thank you for the reminder. <laughs> <laughs> what I would say, though, and there's been some more research, or, or sorry, some more data come out about it this week in terms of the warming of Antarctica, mm. uh, which is pretty sad um, for me when I think about the incredible yeah. life that you see down there and what that will mean for the creatures that are there, not, not least what will, it might mean for us in terms of the bathwater getting higher and higher. But... Um, yeah, warmer winters definitely a threat to this because um, they can't, they need the cold. So if you were to expose the lava, for example, just to 10 degrees, which is roughly what it is here in Wellington today, uh, that'll kill them in a week um, and 30 degrees will kill them in hours. So they have evolved to be these extremophiles in incredible cold um, habitats. And so, you know, these are, these are the things that can't be put anywhere else and we may lose them entirely. So, you know... Just putting it out there, yeah. maybe, apart from the fact everyone should sign up to you know the old climate shift campaign that I was secretly, sneakily touting last week, climateshift.org.nz, get in there. Um, but this is why, this is why we've just got to pull back so that we can protect these things which may in fact be protecting us. Think about the organ transplants as one example. Nicola, please rate the attractiveness of the Antarctic midge on a scale of 1 to 10. Well... Oh, I don't know. Should we give it a four? I mean, it is, it is a, it's, you know, it's, it's an, it's an invertebrate. It's an insect. It gets an extra couple of points just for being uh, extreme enough to live, be the only native insect to Antarctica. Surely. Mm, generous. This is purely a beauty contest. You know that you can't take its like <laughs> antifreeze invertebrate qualities into account. Yeah, I know. But look at its cool black, shiny, amazing carapace. I mean, if you were looking at cars, you'd be picking that one out, so okay. don't be too harsh on the invertebrate. The Batmobile of the insect world. I think so. Love it, Nicola. Took you. Have a great weekend. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jesse. Here's Wallace Chapman in the panel.